podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Greatest Rivalry, a podcast brought to you by Wisdom, looking at the world's most talked about cricket battle between India and Pakistan. I'm Nikesh Raghani. And I'm Atif Nawaz. And throughout this podcast series, we'll be looking at the world's biggest sporting rivalry between Pakistan and India through the decades. Last week, we looked back at how it all started with the creation of Pakistan in 1947, following Indian independence from Britain, of course, and then partition. The first test series between India and Pakistan then took place in 1952. And that's where we started our journey with legendary Indian wicketkeeper Farooq Engineer and former Pakistan captain Asif Iqbal. Yeah, we looked at those two series played in the 1950s and then again in 60 and 61. And there were some great stories from both Farooq and Asif. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just taking it back to that 1952 series, I mean, Farouk Engineer, just a young boy at the time, uh, he talked to us about the fact he was actually at one of those test matches and, and attended as a young boy and really caught the cricket bug from there on in. Uh, Asif Iqbal, slightly younger at the time, but uh, of course, born in India, raised in India, played cricket at a professional level in India as well, before he migrated to Pakistan in uh, 1961, uh, along with some of his family as well. And uh, they've just some of those players that we've only read about, heard about through, you know, grandparents and things like that. And to hear the stories uh, that Farooq and Asif told us about people like Boli Umriga, Lala Amanath, uh, Hanif Mohammed, uh, Abdul Qadir, um, you know, some absolute legends of the game. And it was so good to get an insight from people who were around at that time as to exactly how big these guys were. Absolutely. I mean, that, that level of adoration, that, that kind of expectation. I think at the time, certainly in the, uh, in the early stages of this rivalry, you'd think that people were more kind of fiercely competitive uh, based on the environment from which they were coming. But it turns out there was a lot more civility about the game. What I found really fascinating, Nikesh, were, were the players, that the three players in particular, who'd managed to play for both India and Pakistan. Now, you imagine that's a feat that will probably never be repeated. But, uh, you know, Amir Elahi, Gul Muhammad. Abdul Hafiz Qadir, these three will have the distinction of playing for both India and Pakistan and being on either side of that rivalry. Uh, it's it's an incredible, incredible stat. Yeah, Atif, I mean, you know, you've had people like Kepler Vessels, you know, who played for Australia and then played for South Africa post-apartheid era. That's different. This is India versus Pakistan. This is huge. And you're right, it will never happen again. It just, you know, under those circumstances as well, after partition, uh, those players you mentioned there who then went on to play for Pakistan. Uh, they played for India in 1946, I believe it was, uh, just a year before partition and then obviously moved across the border and uh, represented Pakistan. And and that was Pakistan's first test match in 1952. So uh, a lot of those players in that series with very little experience and, uh, you know, there were probably very thankful that they at least had three players who had played at the highest level before. Absolutely. I mean, Gul Muhammad had uh, played eight matches for India um, before making his debut for Pakistan. And, um, you know, Amir Lahi was a leg spinner as well. Of course, India did dominate that first series, but the rivalry would go on to be very, very competitive, as we'll go on to discuss as well. But it's just it's very, very jarring, really, as a fan to consider that there's players that have played for both. Like, I mean, you couldn't imagine you couldn't imagine Virat Kohli playing for Pakistan. You couldn't imagine Wazimak 
Akram playing for India. Uh, but you know, but you know, in a different time, it was all very possible. Yeah, and if you stay tuned to the end of this podcast series, uh, towards the end of it, Atif and I will be discussing. What would it be like if uh, Wazim Akram and Virat Kohli and Sachin Tendulkar and Wakar Yunus and Imran Khan and all these guys could be in the same team together? What kind of eleven could you come up with, both for ODI cricket and Test cricket as well? I mean, we, we've all kind of talked about that over the uh, years, haven't we? And, uh, you know, just going back to that story as well about Asif Iqbal migrating to Pakistan after playing for Hyderabad, growing up in Hyderabad, playing for South Zone against the touring Pakistan team that came there in 60-61 as well. I mean, so many sub-stories to all of this as well, which are absolutely fascinating. And the fact that his uncle, his uh, maternal uncle, Ghulam Ahmed, played for India, lived in India even, you know, after Asif uh, migrated with uh, the rest of his father's side of the family to Pakistan. He was against Asif moving to Pakistan as well. So, uh, you know, there was a bit of to and fro. It it might not have happened. uh, But at the end of the day, uh, I suppose uh, with somebody like Asif Iqbal, who went on to captain Pakistan, um, India's loss was clearly Pakistan's gain. Absolutely. And, you know, some fascinating insights into the interpersonal relationships between the players as well. It's really uh, incredible to see how close they were because we're so used to seeing the fierce battles on the pitch. You know, all of these heated moments between players that get repeated over and over again in highlights packages and before, you know, to hype up any new game between the two teams. But they, you know, they clearly had a great affinity for each other, great friendship, great hospitality when each other, when when each country visited one another, and not just from the players, but from fans as well. You know, um, to to hear from uh, some of the other players that are going to come up in the series, like there were some beautiful instances of hospitality in both countries, and it's it's a it's nice to remember a time when you know things were a little bit more civil. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, just going back to that era as well, it must have been great to be around in that era i know you know there is a little bit of controversy about the fact that uh, you know through the early days of cricket in pre-partition india as well uh, the maharajas and and the very wealthy people controlled cricket really it wasn't i suppose a game for the people similar to how it was uh, in england when when the game first evolved it was a gentleman's game and uh, not everybody was welcome basically and that evolved from the 50s into the 60s when you started seeing some more, you know, stories of of just players who who just had a passion for the game. They they didn't necessarily come from uh, such a wealthy background, um, but managed to go on to play for their countries. And uh, that obviously uh, continued uh, into the 70s as well. Just before we continue, let me pause to tell you about a great new product, which is all set to revolutionise cricket. It's called the Smart Cricket Batting Sensor, and it's a great piece of kit which fits snugly onto your cricket bat. It connects wirelessly with your smartphone and it basically tells you exactly where you've been hitting each shot and tracks your technique, allowing you to know exactly what you're doing right and what you need to work on. It's got a six-hour battery life as well, so unless you're Jeffrey Boycott, it should see you through an entire match innings or several net sessions. And the great thing is it only weighs 25 grams, so it adds virtually no weight to your bat whatsoever. And you can go and get yours right now for a reduced price of just £97 plus postage. Just head to kpsmartsports.com for more information and to order your smart sensor now. That is kpsmartsports.com. Right, so back to the 60-61 series, because after that, India and Pakistan didn't play each other 
For 17 years, there were two wars fought between the countries in 1965 and in 1971. But by 1978, cricketing relations were back on track. Unfortunately, that 17-year blackout coincided with Farouk Engineer's career and he never got to play against Pakistan, but he did play for a World eleven in Pakistan and he also played plenty of county cricket against the likes of Asif Iqbal and many other Pakistanis and Indians in the 60s and 70s. And that's where we'll pick up this week. Once again, joined by Farooq Engineer and Asif Iqbal, where they look back at their time with Lancashire and Kent, respectively. Playing county cricket helped us a lot to become cricketers. Immensely. Not just uh, technique-wise or any otherwise, but trying to understand the game, the professionalism. We In India and Pakistan, there was no such word as a professional cricketer. People didn't want to be called a professional because they thought it was demeaning. But coming here, playing uh, in different conditions, every other day it used to be a different day. Uncovered pitches. Yes. Uncovered pitches and all that. And playing against <clears throat> the best bowlers in the world. Yes. I mean, the, the experience we gained from uh, playing county cricket helped, I'm sure, helped us a lot in playing for our country too. So the, uh, Can you imagine scene... playing Derek Underwood on an uncovered pitch? I mean, Alan, they call him deadly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, what an experience it, that was. Yeah. It was amazing, and I, I do remember. Okay, I don't know whether you do or not. That the first time I played against you was in '68 in Canterbury, and I remember getting you out bold, Pacific ball. What a and death! Was... What a death! <laughs> yes. All I remember in Canterbury was there was a tree in the ground. Yes, but we won that match, I remember, and I bowled you, and I'll never forget that. <laughs> you must have been very, very lucky. It must have been yeah. bad luck or something. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, what a death. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, the, the series that you are mentioning, 78-9, uh, yes, uh, Rookie missed out because, you know, he had retired by then. And that was the series when playing against West Indies in Jamaica, that was my last test I played for Pakistan, and I made the announcement that I'm retiring from test cricket because I've played against every country. And that particular test I selected because I'd scored 100 at Jamaica without any helmet, without any chest pads and things like that to play those ferocious fast bowlers. Helmets are not even thought of, you know. And, yeah. And we used a towel as a thigh pad. <laughs> with the and, and the, the money we received those days. <laughs> you know, we so, got 50 rupees a day playing <laughs> test cricket. You don't so, even yeah. give a tip of 50 rupees these days, you know, and they'll... <laughs> Rookie, times have changed. Just times have changed, that. yeah. So I, I remember announcing that uh, that I'm I'm retiring from Test cricket because I think I've uh, uh, come to the end of my innings. But the comment that I made, which I remember very well, in a very joking way, I said that, but if ever Pakistan is going to play against India, even if I'm in my grave, I'll make myself available for selection. I do remember saying that. And as it happened that, you know, we went back and the Scurry Packer thing story broke out and we were banned from playing uh, for your country. And then, you know, I mean, I don't want to go into details, but what happened then that the Pakistan team came to England without the Pakistani players and they got thrashed very badly. And uh, then... In, in our country, I think it was General Zia who was the president of the country and him being the patron of the Pakistan Cricket Board. He also disliked the players who went to play for Kerry Packer and he said that he didn't want to see those players representing the country who have 
sold the country for a few dollars, which we hadn't obviously, we didn't sell it. We just accepted it because uh, we were available to play for Pakistan as well in those days. But in my case, I had already retired, so I was not really. As it happened, when we got thrashed in 78-79, India agreed to come to play against Pakistan. And lo and behold, the first call we get is from Pakistan Cricket Board. All the Kerry Packer players, including Asif Iqbal, who had retired from Test Cricket, is uh, available for selection. And that's how, you know, my dream came true. I came back, I, you know, represented my country. It was something which I had always, always dreamt of to play against India. And when I retired in West Indies, that was the only regret I had that I hadn't played against India. But uh, coming coming to the test match that you were mentioning, the very first test, test match, uh, I don't remember the place where it was, whether it was Multan or some, I don't know the venue. But I had a very serious neck injury just before the uh, one days. And I was advised that, you know, every likelihood I'm going to miss the entire series, including the test matches. And there is no way anybody could have stopped me from, from playing in that series. I did everything that the doctors told me to do to make sure that my neck injury healed. And I, I, I actually lied to the selectors in the end. I said, I'm perfect, I'm fine, and I want to play. So I was given the chance, and in the very first innings, playing against India, I was out for a duck. I think it was Bishan Singh Bedi who got me out for a duck. And uh, I was obviously very upset about the whole thing, but that was cricket. And I got another chance. I played the second innings, and I got a hundred. So that was, you know, a very memorable uh, test match for me. That 78-79 series was brilliant from a Pakistani point of view as well, because it was it the was. first ever series yeah. win over India, and there were some incredible individual performances as well. It was an incredible series, in particular because of the way the Pakistani uh, batsmen, and in particular, I think it was Zahir Abbas and Miadad who got so many runs, so many runs. The batsman goes through for three, and Jarib Miadad coming for the fourth, and he takes his four. Very good running between the wickets. Chandra a bit slow, and Zahir had to scamper, but even Zahir now applauding Jarib Miadad for that quick running and quick thinking. And, uh, uh, right, the, the other point I want to make in this uh, particular uh, see about this particular series. I mentioned earlier about home advantage, uh, how the teams benefit. Now, uh, when we were playing in the second test, I think it was at Lahore. Yeah, it was in Lahore, of course, I remember. And Zahir Abbas got a huge, huge double century again after doing that uh, similar thing in the first test. We won that test, and I know in my heart, I'll be dishonest if I say that we won it, uh, won that series fair and square. No, we didn't. There was some bias in uh, umpiring decisions, and we won that test match, the second test. Somehow, that didn't uh, go well with most of us, but we were so excited about uh, winning that, you know, we didn't uh, really take that much notice of it, but it was a little bit of bias umpiring. We were not comfortable, and, and, the, and the Indian players knew it. They knew that, you know, that uh, they were robbed uh, uh, in this particular test match. But that didn't uh, change any feelings towards each other because immediately after the test, the way we all uh, stayed together and the, the amount of love and affection given to the Indian team, the moment they arrived at the airport till the last day when they were leaving, it was phenomenal. Everywhere they went, they got huge, huge uh, 
audiences, adulation in the hotels, in the restaurants. People were not, restaurants were not charging them uh, any, you know, that they're not willing to pay uh, to, to charge them for whatever meal they were having. But anyway, that was a great, great uh, sort of series. But the third test, I think we won fair and square. And I, I uh, and, and that actually made me feel comfortable that, you know, that we, we did win because we were a better team, because we had a little bit more experience, experienced players. And I think Kapil Dev made his debut in that particular series. And he was just starting and we saw, we saw the talent in that young man, how good he is uh, going to be in the future for Pakistan. But I think that series also saw the end of the uh, the spinners, uh, Indian great Indian spinning uh, duo. I think it was uh, Bish and Prasanna and, and Chandra. I think after that, they didn't play uh, for India, if I'm not mistaken. You, you can check that because... Uh, yeah, that's correct. Is that right? Okay. And talking of some of those names, it really was a star-studded series, wasn't it? Both sides had some huge names playing. Zahir Abbas and Miandad, you mentioned there, as well as Imran Khan and the likes of Sarfraz Nawaz and yourself, of course. And then India had the likes of Gavaskar, Vishwanath, Vengsakar, Kapil Dev and the spinners, uh, the great spinners coming to the end of their careers as well. How good was it for you? personally, to be involved in such a star-studded series and then to beat these big names from India as well? Let, let, yeah, I, I'll, I'll try and give a good good answer in this. The 78-79 series in this, Mushtaq Mohammed was the captain when we won that series. And uh, we were I mean, delighted with the result, although I, I didn't mention how I felt, or not just me, most of us felt after the second test. But we did uh, win the third test fair and square, and we were delighted about it. The big names we had only heard of, I mean, Sunil Gavaskar for Pakistanis was literally, I mean, bigger than Bradman because he went to uh, West Indies as a kid and he broke all the records, I think, the cricketing records, batting records. So uh, Vishy, uh, Vishwanath, uh, Sunil, and I think if I'm not mistaken, there was... Uh, Mohinder Amarnath also was in that team. Yep. And uh, was Vengasaka there? Yes, I think he was. Dilip Vengasaka. Yes, he was. Yeah. So, you know, th- these were big names, which they, in not just the uh, Pakistani public, but even most of us uh, never played against. And we only, and, and unfortunately, the two World Cups that I was captain in England in 75 79, we didn't play against India. The, the, uh, although I played against Bish in county cricket in England. Uh, he was playing for Northampton, and you know we we knew each other. So, and Mush and Bish, though these two were the captains for Pakistan and India, great friends, great rivalry. And and I mean, it was amazing that that series when when Bish came to Pakistan as a captain and Mush being Indian Pakistani captain, the way we all gelled, it was really something which uh, you know we felt so good, so good about it. Yeah. Then what happened is uh, uh, after that, uh, Mushtaq. He was still the captain when they went to Australia. Uh, but, no, sorry, first New Zealand, then Australia. Then after that, this Indian series was announced, 79-80. Yeah, so how did you then become captain for that series? In those days, they used to select the team first and then the captain. But when when I was uh, selected as a captain, they hadn't selected the team uh, then. The, the first sort of the, the Pakistani cricket board. For whatever reason, they appointed me as captain without consulting the team or without asking anyone. 
because we all expected Mush to be the captain, Mushtaq Mohammed, and uh, that that we will be sort of going to India under his captaincy. But as I said, for whatever reason, he was not uh, uh, appointed as captain and was not even considered for selection. And uh, when I was asked about uh, captaining the team, I was delighted. I was over the moon because that was something I had never dreamt of, going to India as a captain of Pakistan team. And uh, they were, uh, you know, uh, jokingly, I think my uncle, Ghulam Ahmed, uh, he was the secretary of the Indian Cricket Board. Uh, I, I know for sure, but you also please check before, you know, this this is aired. He was the uh, uh, secretary of the Indian Cricket Board, and I think uh, Rungta was the president of the BCCI. They had both come to Pakistan to finalize the Indian tour's itinerary. And uh, my uncle, who had come uh, to our house, uh, Glam Ahmed, for a meal, jokingly, laughingly, he said, uh, uh, you know, that uh, we lost here 2 nil. So don't worry, you're not going to win uh, in India. And uh, he just laughed, laughingly he mentioned it. And that stuck with me. <laughs> but uh, anyway... Uh, I, I did uh, accept the captaincy and we selected the team. But one thing for sure, we were not going to win the series because of the home advantage that I was talking about earlier. So as it happened, we did go to uh, India. We lost the series 2-0. We lost fair and square in Madras. I have no doubt whatsoever India outplayed us. Although we went to India as hot favorites, after winning yeah, Asif, can I just come in a second? I, I want to just when you say this. home advantage uh, yeah. between uh, India and Pakistan, the pitches are very similar, the climate is very similar. You know, so I mean, uh, really speaking, it shouldn't make all that difference between like India and England or Pakistan and England, where the temperature is different, there's more humidity and all that. But otherwise, India and Pakistan are next door to each other, and there's hardly any temperature difference. So. <laughs> No, I'm only pulling his leg, you know. I'll, I'll respond to uh, Rookie. He's absolutely right what he's talking about. The, uh, he's talking about playing conditions. When I'm talking about bias, the playing conditions doesn't come into it. What I'm talking about is bias is the umpiring. And we lost that uh, uh, test match in Bombay purely because of the way that whole test match was conducted. I'm not giving an excuse. I'm not uh, crying over uh, something that has happened. But we did. We didn't uh, lose that test match fair and square. But we lost in Cal in uh, Madras fair and square. They beat us. We went to India as hot favorites. And, you know, people sort of were wanting to uh, watch uh, Zaheer and Miyadad and Majid Khan getting hundreds and hundreds of runs. And uh, Imran Khan... Uh, unfortunately for Pakistan, Imi got injured in, in Bombay. I think he didn't play that. Uh, although he said he was fit when he started the test, but got uh, unfit after bowling a couple of hours. So we, lo we lost a bowler there. But we lost that uh, test. It, it wasn't because of uh, uh, any other reason than other than I think we were, we were robbed, I would say. Like India was robbed in uh, the Lahore test. Madras test, I accepted that, you know. We lost fair and square. So that's, Rookie, that's my answer about bias, not the playing conditions. I was, I was okay. only joking. <laughs> so, uh, but after that, yes, brilliant. We had, uh, we completed the series. We had a fantastic, fantastic uh, PR, uh, I would say, uh, in the entire this thing. And uh, 
Calcutta, I made my decision. I announced and the ovation that I got, uh, the farewell uh, ovation that I got. Then all of a sudden, the match veered out of Pakistan's reach. Asif Iqbal lost his wicket going for a second run. Doshi was alert enough to snatch the ball on the rebound to break the wicket with Asif sprawling on the ground. Asif Iqbal at the end of the sixth test announced his retirement from test cricket and the captaincy of the Pakistan team. The Calcutta test will ever be remembered for Asif Iqbal's declaration and his bid for victory. A fitting finale to a great cricketing career. There's one, one more thing I want to add, which again is very important for me as a Pakistani. When you lose a series, when you go abroad, you get the sack. And like I said, when Bishan went back after losing to India, he was, uh, maybe using the word sack doesn't look nice. He was he was uh, taken off as captain and he never played for India again after that. So after losing to India, although I had made my announcement in Calcutta that uh, I'm retiring and uh, that that's the end of it and I lost the series. So when we were returning to Pakistan, uh, I mean, the whole, uh, the entire team, uh, including myself, were a little bit, uh, you know, nervous. The reception that the hostile reception that we will get when we get back to Pakistan, because losing to India in India was not uh, uh, acceptable. But to our utmost, what how, how can I put it, uh, amazement and surprise from the moment we landed to till we got to our homes the people at the airport the customs we were we were scared that you know customs is really going to be very very tough on us no such thing they were so gentle so nice they all welcomed us and they just uh, let us through so the next day which is for me uh, something and this is very important for me to say it i've got this chance to say it for the first time uh, Went to the match. There was a first-class match taking place at Gaddafi Stadium in Lahore, and there were about, I suppose, four or five thousand people watching that match. There was it was a final of I think uh, our uh, Kaidazam Trophy or something. I went to the uh, Pakistan Cricket Board's office. That was the head office, and uh, General Azhar, who was the chairman of the board, one of the best human beings who ran cricket in Pakistan. I think I came across. Uh, I went to see him, and then the one of the secretary ran uh, came running to me and said that, uh, sir, I think you better leave now because the crowd found out that you are at the ground, and there may be you know hostilities, uh, there, there may be hostile towards you. So I just laughed. I said, why? What have I done? You must be joking. And I just walked out of the office and straight into the. Uh, crowd at the at the stadium in, in one of the stands, and to my amazement, what I hear, I I couldn't believe it that they were shouting, Asif Iqbal Zindabad, and Pakistan team Zindabad. This this kind of nare, so I couldn't you know I I couldn't believe it. Literally, I had tears in my eyes when an old man walked up to me, and he put his you know pagri. I don't know how you what you call a pagri. Pagri is a, a hat, yeah, kind of a hat, it's a shamla, it is a shamla. And he put it down, uh, he had a white beard, he was wearing white clothes and he had a white pagri. He put it put, put it down and he said that, 
in in uh, in, in Urdu. He said, "Who gave you the right to retire in India? You are a Pakistani, and we want you to yeah, we want you to retire in Pakistan. We want to give you the the farewell here." And and when he said that, for me that was the biggest sort of kind of achievement for me. And anyway, I was very grateful to him, and I said to him, "Ki Baba, आपने जो कह दिया इसके बाद तो मेरा कभी भी क्रिकेट में वापस आने का there's no way I can come back because this is the biggest reward that I've received." So I go to Karachi from there, where Air Marshal Noor Khan had taken over the Pakistan Cricket Board's. Uh, presidency he became the president of the board and he sent the secretary of the board i think it was either arif abbasi or hasib asan i'm not sure they come to receive me at the airport they took me straight to his house the air marshal's house and on the way to the airport to his house i was told that uh, he wants me to continue as captain and he wants me to play for pakistan so i go to his house i meet him and he said so asif i believe you have retired i said yes sir i have so he said no i don't want you to retire i want you to continue for a couple of years till a new captain is uh, selected so i said no sir i can't i have already announced made my announcement and then i repeated him repeated to him what what happened in lahore to which his reaction was don't be emotional don't be silly we need you and i said no there is no way i can come back and that was my uh, last sort of uh, connection with the cricket pakistan cricket world as a player wow i mean what an amazing story that was asif and thank you so much for sharing it with us and uh, i think that's a great place to leave it as well asif and farooq thank you so much it's been a great pleasure talking to you thank you so much for joining us guys well it's been fascinating for me to hear asif's uh, story because a lot of the facts i didn't know really So thank you Asif for bringing them to our notice very interesting indeed and I'm sure the the listeners would enjoy this Asif take care lovely being in your company again Cheers Rocky be, be in touch Rocky cheers certainly buddy take care thanks bye, bye. cheers guys Wow Asif Iqbal was literally in tears telling that story and what an amazing emotional end to his career it was Yeah absolutely I mean he was you know so emotional and and he said it was the first time that he's really got to tell the story in this way uh, to to a public audience i mean he may have talked about it with family previously but even farooq engineer clearly didn't know about that uh, particular reception that he got back there and I, th- i just find it fascinating i mean the stars all aligned didn't they he talked about being a young boy growing up previously in india and visiting eden gardens as a school cricketer and telling his friend that one day i'm going to play for india here at eden gardens and it didn't quite work out like that but uh, you know almost he he went back he captained pakistan in his last test match against india at eden gardens and uh, you heard some of it there i mean what a great reception he got from the indian crowd at eden gardens as well he got a standing ovation when he left the field he was run out in his final test innings and uh, despite all the hostilities and the rivalry that all the people talk about between india and pakistan that was such a touching moment that he got that standing ovation at Eden Gardens and then to go back to Pakistan as well having you know lost that series in India he still got such a, a fantastic reception and uh, you know what a what a great story i mean you know w- what a guy
Absolutely. I mean, it was it was quite extraordinary because you you hear that when an Indian team or a Pakistani team loses to the the other, that people in their country, the fans, they're baying for blood, and you know, Asif even talked about the effigies and things like that. And this is something we've become accustomed to seeing. But to have somebody show him that level of recognition, and you know, to to take off his his buggedy, his hat for him. Like it was it's extraordinary, as you say, he got so emotional talking about it. And you can really understand that to have somebody show you that recognition of your entire career, even on the back of a loss to your fiercest rival as captain, like it, it, it just moves you, really. Yeah. And just uh, going back to those two series as well, um, including that 79-80, some great players involved for both sides. And it really was the sort of dawn of a new era for India and Pakistan. You know, we talk about uh, the likes of Kapil Dev, Imran Khan, just uh, sort of starting to make their way in international cricket. Uh, Sunil Gavaskar was still around, Javed Miandad, Zahir Abbas, uh, you know, Asif Iqbal himself, uh, Gundapa Vishwanath, Dilip Vengsakar uh, from India. You know, some fabulous, fabulous players involved in those two series in particular after that 17-year gap. Some of those coming to the end of their careers, you know, the Indian spinners uh, in 1978, uh, 79, Bishan Bedi, Prasanna, Chandra they all came to the end of their careers. Other people like Kapil Dev, Javid Miandad, uh, Abdul Qadir uh, as well, the the leg spinner, just about to uh, break into the Pakistan side uh, shortly after that as well. So uh, it really was uh, a fantastic golden period for both of these sides. And those two series between the sides in the late 70s, so iconic for many reasons. And we'll hear from more legends next time as we look a little bit more at the 1970s, uh, particularly those two series that we talked about there. And then into the 1980s with Zahir Abbas, Sarfraz Nawaz and Kieran Moray. Before then, the usual Wisdom Cricket Weekly podcast will be dropping very soon and we'll be back next week. Podcast Network.